Welcome to Black Writer Therapy, a podcast where Black women writers are invited to sit on the proverbial couch, have a cup of tea, and share the stories behind the stories, and what it really takes to write books about Black women in an industry that still prefers white as the default. I'm your host, published author and unlicensed therapist, Alishan. Black Writer Therapy is now in session. Piper G. Hugley's biographical historical fiction, by her own design, a novel of Anne Lowe, fashion designer to the Social Register. William Morrow Publishing tells the inspiring story of the black fashion designer of Jackie Kennedy's wedding dress. By her own design was a booklist top 100 editor's choice selection for 2022, was named one of the top 100 books of 2022 in Canada by the Globe Mail newspaper, and was selected as the historical fiction winner for 2022 by the American Library Association's Reading Counts. Piper and Ella were talking about what changes are needed in the publishing industry and what frustrates Piper about working within that system. And now for the second part of Piper's session with your host and unlicensed therapist, Ella Sean. I said, if I were a real counselor, right? If I had <laughs> credentials and I had a real couch, what about dealing with the publishing industry would have you, hey, girl, I need, I need an emergency appointment. Is the couch open? And you said there may not be a big enough audience for your writing. Speak to that, please. It's really a big enough audience, but I think it does still have more to do with awareness of the product. It's all of these things in terms of what it is that you have to do in terms of making people be aware that you exist right. out there. And at least for certain mid-list authors, I think it's the stair steps climb. You don't, you certainly do not, for the most part, there are certain times it happens in a handful of titles, but you do not emerge and blot out is the bestseller list. It's increasing awareness with each subsequent book where that you climb to that situation. I like that. Look at me. (laughs) I like that because, like, I've seen some bestsellers that are mediocre. I I did that in fifth grade. And Mm -hmm. I'm being facetious at this point, but in all honesty, I hate that there are these hoops and all these things that Mm -hmm. continuously take place before you get that mantle of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bestseller, Mm -hmm. like, if, if you guys aren't reading, if you're not familiar with this woman and her books, then where have you been under a rock? Like, and it has everything to do with the fact that you're writing about these, these powerful Black women, historical, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. powerful Black women. And you're not centering. And you, I was going to even center Jackie. There have been other, you know, book clubs that have been like, well, Jackie does not, Jackie does not appear into the last third of this book quite intentionally. She is, she is, quite you know, pretty much an accessory. Yeah. The last, <laughs> the last third of the book. Well, she's like a model the... for her dresses and yeah. her designs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, high five, high mm-hmm. air five. Yeah. <laughs> air five. Yes. Because, yes. Mm-hmm. You're not centering. And a lot mm-hmm. of the other historical fiction books that I've been reading and that are coming out, Black women are centered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I often say we can read anything with any yeah. kind of character. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because we have never been centered right. in, in, in right. any place, not our homes, mm-hmm. not, in the, not in the business, not society. It doesn't matter. We've never been centered. The fact that you all are writing these beautiful stories and you're centering these beautiful Black women and mm-hmm. their stories, and mm-hmm. you're not centering them in in the muck and mire, you're centering them in Black joy and triumph. Right, right. I I, I see how that could be threatening. And, Potentially, and, yes. And, it's like, it's, and, 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 and the way you have to advocate for that, because even with the cover, mm-hmm. it took nine attempts where I was, was on the verge of saying, maybe I should just fly up to New York and draw my stick figures, because that's as much of a r- drawing artist as I am, to show you what I mean. That even, like I said, in terms of the cover, that Anne Lowe be at the center, yes. which was the entire point. 
of the cover. We, we need to see her in a power pose centered there. Yeah. And let me ask you this, because I just thought about something when you said that. As you research all of your historical fictions, but specifically this one, as you researched it and wrote it, you did all the things you advocated for what you wanted. Did you find yourself demanding to be centered in more spaces in your life? Um, I, I, like you said, I don't, so maybe that's what, you know, I, maybe if that's what I'm doing is like a thing, I see myself as giving some of that energy, verve, et cetera, to uh, my subjects in terms of insisting on them being centered. I have told you who raised me, who brought me up. My mother would not want anything less. You know, she would always talk about, you know, to my father, oh, you have two girls. Oh no, you know, she'd want a son, you know, blah, blah, blah. my mother like, black women are the progenitors of the race. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with having women, girls. Your, the family was not incomplete, it was complete. He's the best girl dad, too, by the way. Yes? Totally. Yeah. Totally the best girl dad. <laughs> I got one. You had to train him up in the way he had to go. Started yeah, yeah. He was 17, 17. Trained him up. <laughs> you know, let's see not depart. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I heard that. That's good. <laughs> I, th- I think yeah. you are centered. You center yourself. And that makes it possible for you to center that. Yeah. There you go. And I think that's one of the healing aspects of your book for readers is that it's kind of a reminder. Yeah. You see what she did? That's, that's, that's what you do. That's what mm-hmm. you do. You center yourself at all times. Because we are not used to being centered no, by not. anyone. Mm-hmm. That is true. Now I just have one quick question because we got to get to this game. Oh, our okay. favorite part of the show. <laughs> and you've already answered this question. But I you know, have to make sure that, that the listening audience understands. Oh, the question is... What in the world gave Piper John the audacity to think that she, a Black woman, could write about Black women, mm-hmm. center Black women, and go into the publishing industry, one of the whitest industries in the world, still, mm-hmm. still predicated on the white default? What gave you this audacity to say, yep, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it on my terms, and I'm going to be successful, and watch what else I do and but you already answered it yeah I did answer that that's true you answered it yeah I came from a place and um people who told me I could who insisted yes that I could so um I'm eternally grateful for that not only insisted but said proclaim this is what you're going to do yeah, this is how it's mm-hmm. going to work this out. Is, this is how it's going to happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Could you imagine if that. every little black girl, if every little black girl came from a space where it was not a question of if, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or how, or what, just no questions at all. This is yeah. who you are. This yeah. is what is for you, and go yeah. about making. Could you imagine? Yeah, it would it would be marvelous. It would be so marvelous to have that. But this is why this is the way for me. This is what I I am hoping I can do is by writing a book that talks about how to do that. Yes, impart that for little black girls who matter greatly. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yes. There are no words. There are no words. Um, <laughs> Really, there are no words. <laughs> um, okay. I, okay. Really quickly, before we get into this game, because it's my favorite part. Aspiring writers, writers who are looking at you or following your career, and they're like, how can I get to where you are? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? How can I get my own Dresden Diva group? <laughs> what do I need to do? I tell, when I tell you I'm impressed, with the Dresden Divas. Like, I'm not even pretending. I am so impressed with this group of Black women who support each other because you all are like the antithesis to what everyone believes. 
mm-hmm. about black women. Mm-hmm. They can't support each other. They can't mm-hmm. do this, this, that, and the third. And you guys are like, what? Because that's that's just okay. I love gibber. You know, no, they tried to get us to do a reality show. Shut up. Mm-hmm. All 20 of you? They came for us. No love in Huntsville. No love and marriage in Huntsville. That's the one. Oh. You know that show? I look, I don't do TV. And okay. I'm pitiful like that. But I think it is a reality show. Um it, Love and Marriage in Huntsville. Uh, I can't remember, like five or six years, Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. And then they spun it off. I think there's Love and Marriage in Detroit or whatever. And I don't watch reality shows, but, you know, but my father, before he left us, he, he loved Messy. Yeah. I just wanted to be at one barbecue. He loved Messy. The, be- the more mess, the better. He just oh loved that. You know? That is funny. Was, he watched soap operas, you know, whatever, the Greenleaf, the messy reality shows. Greenleaf, that. that is my husband's show. Okay, just all of that. The more mess, the better for him. Like, oh, look at what she did or what they did or what happened there, whatever, you know, just loved it. So um, I knew that production company that was that was sort of a very successful production company that approached us to. And it's like we don't have the messy though for you. To be you know, they write it. They would write some. Well, stuff. that's what everybody was saying. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of like, we could make some up now. And that's know, what they do. Stuff. I think in a lot of cases yeah. they make. So a we lot said, of stuff yeah, up. thanks, but no thanks. So mm-hmm. and I think and maybe maybe it was because they came first because of what you were saying. That's why I brought it up. Because what yeah. you're saying in terms of Black women can't. Right, it? right. And they're probably like, no, there's something going on. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to write myself a little note here. Because I feel in my spirit, I'm just going to invite all of y'all, all 20 of y'all to do a podcast discussion group. Because mm-hmm. I just want to meet all y'all and see y'all. <laughs> because I'm so serious. I just think that's the neatest thing I've ever heard of. Uh, the Dresden Divas. When Sanithia told me about the story, I was like, get out of mm-hmm. here, girl. Yeah. And I was like, we're having our first more of them coming um, next month. Well, almost next month in September, October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she said you guys used to get together and do your thing. Yeah. Before the pandemic, because the last big one was in 2020, in February mm-hmm. 2020. I remember very distinctly thinking while we were in, you know, the house, whatever, hearing about this code, things like, oh my gosh, what is that going to be about? You know, so it was like, it was like the last week of February and like, we were all partying, like. Before the world <laughs> shut down. Right. It was, it was this sort of, it was like this little, oh, the dark clouds are over there and they seem to be coming this way. Something that we can't put our right, finger right. on is coming this way and it might impact. The next right. time that we are able to do this, get a house and all of this other kind of stuff. So here it is, not until like it's really two and a half years later. I mean, not two, it three and a half years. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, look. So we're looking forward to it. I'd like <laughs> to be your podcaster. Your yeah. I'm so serious because I'm just like this is insane. <laughs> so advice for aspiring writers. Read. Not enough of people is reading, honey. Mm-mm. And I don't want more people specifically or pointing mm-hmm. their fingers, but it shows. Does okay. you have a problem with your product and why people are not responding to it and all of this other kind of stuff? It's because you have not read enough. Right. And that's and reading shows. in your genre, outside of your genre, professional books, read. It shows that you are not a reader. There are people who who say this openly now. Writers who say this openly. Say what? I don't read? Well, how are you? That would be my question to my students. How are you planning on writing anything for me if you haven't read anything? You don't have a model. What are you doing? Okay. You have to at least, if you have a model, it's either you have a model to know what you're going to do in that same thing or how to depart from it. They exist for all the reasons. Right. But you must read people who, you know, seem like, oh, well, of course. No, it's not. an of course, because it is that whether it's, you know, what I see in the classroom where I'm taking my unscientific temperatures mm-hmm. students or whatever, it, not enough reading is happening. Yeah. Anywhere. So, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the, that's the biggest piece of advice. Because be a reader, an all-around mm-hmm. reader. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. All-around reader. Because I tell people, don't limit yourself to, oh, I'm Black, I'm only reading Black writers. I'm a woman, I'm only reading women. Listen, read whatever you can get your little greedy hands on. Mm-hmm. Because they're either going to show you what you love about, you know, a thing, or they're going to yeah. show you, oh, I don't like the way that sounds. I don't like the way that looks. So this is not something I want to integrate. But also, you're always learning. You're always learning. And it, people don't, it's like you said, people don't want to hear that some of these things are going to take time to mm-hmm. develop these skills yes. in terms of this. I, I had this discussion like just a week ago, I have a week and a half ago. And then when it, you know, to get all up in arms and all ruffled about what you have to do, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. But people need you to be honest. Me, but they need to be said, honest. You asked me. Right. And so I'm telling you. And they need to be honest with themselves. I can go back and look at the first book I published in my series. And I'm like, oh, girl, just take it down. Yeah. <laughs> look, take it down, please, girl. Just take it down. And I look at the fourth mm-hmm. book in the series. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, girl, who wrote that? Mm-hmm. Who was that? Mm-hmm. Because that growth. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at the stuff I'm writing now. And I'm like, oh, let's just take. But you know what? We're going to publish this under your real name. How about that? And then, because that's where I am, there's growth. Exactly. And some people, you know, just don't catch me because when I say I'm a craft hoe, I am a craft hoe. There are, you know, I I love all of those, all the craft books and everything. I love it all. And I'm just becoming, I'm coming for your corner. Look, I'm coming for your corner. I'm just becoming a craft hoe. So watch out. Watch out. Come for the queen. You best not miss. I'm coming for the corner and I already got my heels. Love it. I just love it. I mean, it's even um, one that I uh, have just finished, um, You by Ruta Septis, who is seen as this great um, historical fiction author. But there were some, there were a couple of nuggets in there that were very meaningful for me. So you can't stop. You can't stop that. Can you, can you give me some of those for my TBR? Some good craft books so that I won't come for your corner and I can just stay on my own. Um, and look, not now. I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to. Happy shoot to. me so, you know, an email because, <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, here's this thing, though, right? Like this whole language yes. to writing that that isn't about, you know, the story and all that stuff. It's the mechanics. Mm-hmm. It's the mechanics. Yeah. And most pointedly, I think, for there are some people who are doing it piece by piece these days, but I still there's still not a, an all-around guide doing it. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about what it's going to take in order to capture the attention of a 21st century reader that is not the same as when it was in Charles Dickens' time or right. next time or anything right. else, but for the 21st century reader now. This is what I was talking about to this person who aspires, who wanted to me to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. There, there is a whole art to doing what you have to do to get their attention and to keep it. And you have to do it, it immediately. And you have to do it immediately. The days of Charles Dickens are over. In terms of thank, look, thank Jehoshaphat and all the people who marched You got paid by the word. <laughs> if you got paid by the word, you do it too, right? But I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you would do too. You yeah. got paid. You you the whole no lot of work, no right? Doubt. But that attention span, all that, everything that twenty first century readers are competing with, or whatever, you have got to get your hooks in. Yeah, on page one. So and yeah. keep it, and that, that's the problem, though, right? You can, you might be able to get it. You got. But can you keep? Can you it keep it for three hundred yeah. and some odd pages? That's it. That's it. That's the thing. Without being repetitive, without being, yeah. you know, niche or cliche. Like, what are you going to do? That's it. Yeah. That's absolutely. That's beautiful. Read and whatever keeps your attention, start taking notes. Okay. <laughs> I am the head of the publishing industry. What do you want to tell me? Um, I know I look different than you thought I would, but <laughs> it's me. <laughs> okay. All right, publishing company. Okay, yes, right. <laughs> it's me. It's me. So, uh, something else along the lines of what you know, we're about. There's a whole lot of people in this mid-list space that need those dollars that need to be lifted up, that need some more attention and spotlight. 
in these various places, spaces where people are reading and exchanging creative ideas and information. Some of that is going on in HBCUs. What are you doing in HBCUs in order to increase your population of editors and agents? Can you put a publishing program at one of the HBCUs in terms of providing feeders for uh, to the end? Oh yeah, I've been I've been talking about that for years. Not, not, say, increase, not, that, not that anybody listens to me. Can but you increase the salary so that you don't have to come from a well and that's family part of it too. Exactly. In order the whole to aspect, be, yes. In terms of making it possible for those students to be able to work in that industry. Yes. Uh, in terms of creating, you know, the environment even for internships, the whole mm -hmm. aspect of can you uh, provide housing and appropriate stipends for those right. students so they can right. stay in New York? in order to do the internships so that they can get their foot in the doors of the public and in publishing industry. All of that. Uh, okay. I think we just solved everything. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, so I'll know. write a letter and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> send it to you know. for approval. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, that'd be... Uh, That's a lot of things are thinking about what, why students now want to major in English, right? And that's my upcoming, it's what I've been working with or whatever in terms of what they can do with that. Uh, having students coming into my office crying because their parents don't want them to and all of this. Yes, 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 been there. All of that, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. As an advisor going. being on the other side of the desk that I can sort of think, we have organizations where they, they tend to be more for writers in yes. terms of developing writers as opposed to developing people in the publishing industry. That so, needs so. to be a thing. Um, I'm mm -hmm. putting you in charge of that. Oh, thank you. Yes, no problem. You. I do what That's I can. What for I say the when I get that, you know. I do what I can for the people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're ready to play this game. <laughs> so do you remember the rules? No, give them to me again. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you a word. And you're okay. going to give me a really brief anecdotal story okay. about anything, right? Okay. Um, but you'll have to end your, your little story with hashtag bookish okay. or hashtag writer's life or hashtag writing while black. Okay. And some of them may fall into multiple categories and that's okay. fine. Okay. The game is called Tell the Whole Story. And so your, your words are going to spell out the word story. Okay. So why is always a weirdo? Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. So that's your first word. S so? So I have to make a story in terms of the... Okay. Yeah. A personal anecdotal story about sewing. About sewing. Uh, but I do have to use each word, uh, letter you're saying. No, that's person. your first word. So, oh, just the word. Okay, about sewing. Yes. Mm -hmm. I went to a, a place where I um, was going to learn how to make a baby quilt and uh, was not successful in making the baby quilt. So, I have a bag with a whole lot of pink and blue triangles in the corner some place because the quilting was really hard and what just did not um help me in terms of thinking about uh and I gained much more of an appreciation of my quilting ancestors hashtag booking hashtag writing while black writing while black. yes my mom sews uh and, and my grandmothers they all make quilts I still have a quilt from my grandma Many seamstresses have said to me, will you sew? No, I don't. But my mother did. Yes. So I witnessed a lot of that and a lot of that inclination and what it was to put something together successfully and what that meant in terms of yes. that for Anne Lowe. I, I was able to do that because of her. Wow. Yeah. Putting that my mom can make her own patterns. She still does yeah. to this day. Like me. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not even with a needle. Um, I'm glad to see that other people are taking it up more, though. Oh. It, 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 it was a time when I think that's because of fast fashion or whatever people mm -hmm. decide, but there are more people who are taking it up. So I'm glad to see the return of it yeah. amongst these younger people. 
Yeah. Now I crochet. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly so I don't hurt people. Yeah, I heard that. It's me yeah. sane. It's so, just like people say it's a form of meditation. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here we go. Tattered. Tattered. Um, tattered. It means sort of things that have been taken apart or ripped up in terms of tattered. One of those can be words in terms of whenever it's time to revise your text. And thinking about what goes in and what, you know, uh, is kept uh, tattered. Uh, like I said, in terms of one of, the, one of the things, like taking out your favorite words and <laughs> not relying upon them so hard. Or um, habits, writing habits that we all have. I hate to stop right here, but we got to pay the bills. We'll be back after this message. 27%. Any guesses what that number means? Is it the number of people in the U.S. that listen to podcasts? Actually, that number is 24%. Well, in 2017, that number has increased exponentially up to 64% in March of 2023. Podcasting continues to be on the rise. It is the place to be. Only 27% of podcasts are hosted by women. Only 27%. Are you as shocked as I was? Just think of all the voices we are missing. Is your voice one of those? Is there a topic you keep thinking about? A message you know needs to be shared? Guests you know you want to interview. Or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you know that you want to help others get to know you better and know what you do. Podcasting is the way to do it. This is why I founded Authentic Connections Network. A podcast network that is so much more than you'd imagine. We take the tech and stress out of podcasting. We give you the power of a network, the power of community, of education around podcasting, of coaching, individualized supports, and all the other incredible women breaking through and changing the landscape of podcasting. Isn't it time you realize your dream? We believe strongly in our creators. We believe in Ella Sean and in Black Writers Therapy. There are conversations that need to happen, stories that need to be told. An Authentic Connection Network is a place for them. Follow us on Instagram at 37 by 27. Comment the word amplify on any of our posts or DM it. That feels better to you. I want to learn more about you and your goals and how maybe you could be part of Authentic Connections. I have the form almost like these particular trademarks. So my favorite word is that. I'm really bad with that word. It must, I just have to. You know what I do at the end of a manuscript? Uh Uh-huh. Because I, I always do it in Word, and I, I always go in and I find that and take right. all of them out. Yeah, and then I realize I, you never need that word. That you, you yeah, there are so, there are a few times when you yeah. need it, but you really but do not so need it as often that you it. it is so I know it's so oh I love that word. See, it's yeah, well, it, it does serve a great purpose. Hashtag writing life. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, indeed, <laughs> amazing. So we are on O, Oracle. 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 A, a person, a woman of profound knowledge and understanding, almost in, in a religious space. Um, the Oracle story that I have is something that I've incorporated in a book that's not published, but it has to do with when the year my son played football. And you go to a particular store in this particular tattered (laughs) um, (laughs) um, out parcel uh, in College Park where we live to get uniforms. And it was run by these two, this one ancient man who was up front. You didn't think that anybody else could be more ancient than him. But then he's like, uh, let me take you to the back of the store where mother is. 
So you can see mother and mother was back in the back of the store. That's where she hangs out. She is the football oracle in Georgia. Wait, is this like for real, for real? Oh yeah, yeah. I created her that way at least because it was a very, it was a very strange process whereby you took your son through the sports sporting goods store where like I said, this old man, he had to be in his eighties already. And when he said mother, I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I haven't, never got the refinement. Took, took us back to the back of the store where she was. It was this little mop of gray hair. Like you could see at the top mm-hmm. and it's like, you could just see her, her top of her head, the top half of her head. And she said, bring him forward to me so I can see him. And you put your son in front of this woman. I see him. I see he is made for football from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Go on back there and get that helmet and put on his head and let me see how it fit on him. He was made for football. I can see that's the daddy. Is that his mama? I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got most of that from his daddy, didn't he? <laughs> Well, that's what everybody says when they see me with my son because he's six five. So it's like they don't see us, but whenever they see him with his father, like, oh, that's how it happened. It's like my family was tall. Everybody in my family was tall. I just happened to be the shortest one at five five. And welcome to my club. How you doing? (laughs) There you go. There you go. How you doing? Mm -hmm. But yeah, the Oracle, the football Oracle. Wait, now wait, I'm confused. Was this a real person or this was a real person and I wrote her her into this story that I'm working on about football circumstances. A football oracle. I was my as my mother said she was one day older than God. Mm -hmm. Of course in Georgia. Of course in Georgia. There's a it's a whole big thing here in terms of these conduits of like I mean, when my son was, we were playing at uh, one of the little Chick-fil-A play yard things they used to have before the pandemic. And people came up to us and asked us, where was he zoned for high school? How old was he? Shush. He was three years old. Because SEC? South Carolina, Georgia? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, yes, mm-hmm, oh, yes, mm-hmm, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Asked us, asked us where we lived to know what high school he was zoned for. And he, and the high school that he did go to, to is a big football high school. And they kept after him. But for that year, as I said, the year my son played, you know, um, because he was 10 and he was 5'5 five five when he was 10. He was looking me dead in the eye at that point. Mine. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, it was very strange, and it is something that I have written about. I don't know if we'll ever see the light of day in terms of I need that to see the light of day because the football <laughs> oracle—that's some it, good southern yeah. lit right there. Like that was. is some oh, good yeah. southern it lore. Totally was a totally southern lit moment. And she said he is might for football from the top of his head to the fall with his foot. Don't put that helmet <laughs> on his head. He must have got that from his daddy. Let it rest on his ears so to make sure that it fit properly. We want his entire head to be covered. She was uh, old, old, like super old. Super old. I was what my mother would say, one day older than God, that woman. I am so done, a football oracle. <laughs> Never, in Georgia, my life. Right? Never in my life have, and you know, I'm in South Carolina. I'm like, not far from Charleston, mm-hmm, right here mm-hmm, in Columbia, mm-hmm, Gaston. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. got some folks. I, I know, but there are some folk here too. Who and like I said, the stuff. high school that my son went to, like, this is a place where people come to look to see. But they didn't so get him, honey. He was like, I don't like doing that. Shoot, that's fine by me. So he didn't <laughs> play football? Just that one year when he was, mm-hmm. but he was made for football. But he was made for football from his like, to the oh, souls of his feet. Yes, please, 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 right? Yes, we did. And I have a historical thing, and then I've been working on these like almost satirey kind of yes in a contemporary space satires kind of because southern fiction just it lends itself to all the yumminess of, of yes. the truth. True. You know, it does. True. It really does. 
And you, really you could give it in kind of palatable fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love it. I love it so it really much. does. Goodness. Okay. Um, that was your oracle. Okay. That was my oracle. Oh, yeah. Black. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, your R word is rendered. Rendered. Bacon. What? Get the full effect of bacon. You must render the fat out of it. I don't even eat meat anymore. And when I tell you, there are two things that tempt me. My mama's fried chicken. I've heard that bacon. from people like the bacon is one of those last things and that they cannot let go. Bacon and my mama's fried chicken. Because mm -hmm. my mom renders all her bacon fat, puts it in her little tin. Liquid gold. Yeah, and she uses it. That's what it's called. Liquid gold. In her, in her fried chicken oil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How are you going to say gold. no? How are you saying no to that? Right, like, well, I, I, no, I, I remember if there was one thing in my one contemporary romance, sweet tea, which is I call it a, it's a foodie romance. People say when you read that, do so not you want me to start sure. there? That's what you're telling me, <laughs> right? After, like, I, all I'm, I'm saying is if you ever read it, make sure you have a snack nearby. That's what I've been told. Always, there's a lot no. of that kind of thing in there. Always, <laughs> if my health was better, when I tell you, I my mom would be making me fried chicken every day. We're going we're gonna to move on. Rendered. Okay. Uh, bacon. God, why do you yes. do that to me? Hashtag writing while black. You are, you are mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cry together, girl. Here's your last word. And it's really a word. It's yuck and yum. So one yuck, one yum. Oh. Don't say the oracle is your yuck. She I am not. She get raw cookies. Raw yuck. cookies? Hashtag yuck. What is this current trend of people serving raw cookies in places where they act like, oh, look at all this gush when it's really just a raw cookie that is not okay, fully I cooked? Don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that either. I thought you meant like I make cookie dough without like dairy and stuff just to snack. Yeah, no, on. yeah, but yeah. Mm -mm. No, but you're talking about my yeah. cookie's supposed to be baked, but it's right. raw. Oh, no, right. Mm -mm. right, right, exactly. That's a yuck. Yeah, yuck. Mm -hmm. Hashtag mm -hmm. bookish. That is like, yes. yeah. And, and you're young. What do you say about bacon? Let's not mention. Let's not mention the, the pork again. Yum! I, the, the best yum is my longing for a watermelon that tastes like something. Mm. My great grandfather was a watermelon man. Yeah, Ida's father was a watermelon man, and this I I got stories from my father about that, and I claim it not fear of the stereotype, but I thoroughly claim that. Indeed, like to find like a watermelon, like the big ones that the long ones mm -hmm. like this full of black mm -hmm. seeds. My grandfather used to soak his seeds in sugar water, dry them mm -hmm. out, and okay. then, and just, mm -hmm. what are you yep. doing? What are yeah. you doing? Sitting on the front mm -hmm. porch, eating your watermelon and spitting yeah. seeds at your cousin. That's There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. No, and I can't find a good watermelon yeah. like that anymore. It's been years. It's been years. Because what they have now are these neutered, seedless, tasteless, yeah. flavorless. Yes. I just want one of those big ones. When you crack it, it smells like summer. Yeah. It's the best. Oh, the best. Mm -hmm. now you got me out here wanting bacon and watermelon and fried chicken. <laughs> Yeah, I probably shouldn't read sweet tea then. It's like full of all of that. <laughs> that was wow, yeah. 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 Nothing like that. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I didn't even want to let you go, but I know I have to. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be a good therapist and give you a little bit of homework. Oh, good. Because, um, you know, that's what they pay me for. Um, can you tell me who should be on my show next? Mm. Look at your face. You just lit up like, <laughs> like sunshine. Like, what the world? Jamie Wesley. Destin Diva. Jamie Wesley. Mm -hmm. Rom com writer extraordinaire. Yeah. I can't write it because I have like a dark sense of humor. So it's always kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, oh, 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 yes. Jamie. Yes. Now, you had mentioned Sandra Calhoun. Yes, that's the danger mark. 
besties in terms of the writing thing right now. Sandra is also perfectly wonderful in terms of what she has done in the inspirational space. Okay. As a Black woman, a space where, you know, Mm -hmm. It wasn't always mm -hmm. welcome, but Sandra has made a way out of no way. Don't he do it? I'm sorry. Don't he do it? I had to get that little bit of Baptist out. I had to get the Baptist. He do it. Don't he do it? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just forgot the silly in me. Really, you do. <laughs> Miss Jamie Wesley, rom com, mm -hmm. and Sandra mm -hmm. Calhoun, inspirational. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's fiction. Shush, shush, shush. It's romance. Ooh, oh, okay. Okay. So I'm yes. thinking because I have Stacy Hawkins Adams, right? Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Inspirational. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're in that mm -hmm. vein. Yeah. Well, not in that vein. It's still like fictitious, romantic, yeah, romance type stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Down, I'm down like four flat tires. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Look, I'll, I just want to show you all my notes. Yeah, you got a lot of notes yes. on me. Because, my goodness. Yes, I have. <laughs> um, I have to print and type everything in like sixteen fonts because I'm as blind as a. Girl. I heard that. Um, <laughs> I <my> yeah. Glasses <laughs> on. Yes, and I'm. I'm going to send you these two websites that I was looking at. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just like, it was about Anlo. And mm -hmm. I'm oh, I'm just going to send them to you. Just, you know, not that you probably already hadn't looked at it or probably they were inspired by your book, um, mm -hmm. in all honesty. But I thought they were really beautiful just okay, looking awesome. at some of her stuff. Yeah. So um, is there anything you want to tell the listeners um, how to get in touch with you? A little bit about what you're working on now, which I'm like kind of counting down for. Well, I can one more thing before I say all of the social media yes. type of stuff is that um, the two things that Margaret Powell, who was a, a scholar, a textile scholar uh, who did a lot of the work on Anlo that permitted me to write by her own design, the two things that uh, up until her last days she was trying to accomplish, um, one of them will be happening uh, within seven weeks. So, yeah, she wanted for Anlo to be accepted and appreciated as a fashion designer to have the exhibit. This is one of the things she was trying to curate because of the high level of craft of Anlo's work. Her dresses are kept in museums all over the country. And starting in September, early September, the Winterthur Museum in Delaware will bring together something like nearly 50 of her gowns for display for four months. That is also in part commemoration of Jack and Jackie's 70th wedding anniversary, which also meant that uh, the dress, Jackie's dress was recreated by a University of Delaware professor and her fashion students, some of whom were young black women. And the lessons, of course, that they learned in having to make a dress out of 50 yards of ivory taffeta, <laughs> which gained them much more appreciation of what Anlo happen to do. Are you going to be there? Are you yes, going to be there my, for the my event, not for the opening. My event is in December. Uh, oh, December you 6th. going too fast. I got to find some loose paper. Wait, yes, no. <laughs> December 6th is when my event is going to be. Um, I, I arranged for it to be in December, probably because I had suggested to them that December will be Anlo's 125th birthday, oh. but also because it's Christmas time at the winter third, and I hear they do a certain thing at Christmas time. So I had to see that. So gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yes. and it's the winter what? Because winter third, W-I-N-T-E-R, T-H-U-R, the winter third museum.org. It's in Delaware. That's 30 miles outside of Philadelphia. Cause you know, once you get to that part of the East coast, everything is right close to one another. So that was one thing that Margaret Powell before she departed this earth wanted uh, for Anlo uh, to have her, and Margaret, bless her heart, she's only 38 years old when she died. Oh, wow. Yeah, a breast cancer, yes. Um, so sad. Yeah, but as as an as an academic, you're talking about the whole thing in terms of being an academic black woman. Mm -hmm. Academic, you you see a lot of black women dying early, and their projects left to languish right. elsewhere. So while I couldn't 
put, pulled together the exhibit while I couldn't. Her second uh, wish for heart was to have a comprehensive scholarly biography written about Anne Lowe, but at least I could write a historical fiction that would bring more awareness to her, to Anne Lowe, that hopefully someone will take that up um, and complete some of the, the things that she was trying to do. I just wanted to make people be aware of that. Okay. I will make sure that happening. this is in the notes. Yeah, with the link. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And if you, you know, if people can't go to the exhibit, then there will be a catalog. So okay. you can purchase the catalog. Certainly they have prepared, um, they show on Instagram the several ways in which they've prepared the gowns, you know, to be photographed okay. at all angles and stuff. So I'm going to try and make it up. I'm like, yeah, I, I have so much going on at the end of the year, but I think I can, I can do that in December. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole aspect of, um, Black, a Black woman being exhibited in this way is a rarity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a rarity. So, yeah, the, I think the more the better. So, social media wise, I could be found at, at Piper Hugley, my name right now, um, on this uh, formerly, formerly known as Twitter, the Black X <laughs> kind of thing, which is really <laughs> my favorite social media. I'm going to be here till the wheels fall off. This, this horrible man can come in and do what he likes, but that is my place, and I'm just going to do okay. what I do. So you I'm haven't gone over the threads yet? Not, no, not yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for them to get all the kinks out yeah. <laughs> before I uh, do that. Um, Facebook is, and Instagram is Piper underscore Hugley, yeah. and then my blog or my website, of course, PiperHugley.com. Yeah. So now, can you tell us what you're working on? I am currently editing for an April 2nd, 2024 release, American Daughters, mm -hmm. which is the story of the secret interracial friendship between uh, the daughter of Theodore Roosevelt, Alice, and the daughter of Booker T. Washington, Portia. Uh, people who know the history, then they know that shortly after T.R. got to be president uh, in the wake of the McKinley assassination in 1901, he just thought he would invite Booker T. Washington over for dinner and uh, nothing would happen. <laughs> the whole world blew up at that because he didn't realize that that was the first time that uh, an African-American had been invited to the White House for a meal. There were cartoons. It was all, it was a whole lot of craziness. Yeah, I'm going um, on another deep dive. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I'm but so, so that's what the novel is, right? And so in the wake of that, there are two rebel teenage daughters who were mm -hmm. within months of each other in age, became friends, and the friendship lasted for three quarters of a century. So that's what really? American Daughters is all about. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I yeah. cannot yeah. wait. Yeah. So yeah, their their lives as daughters of important statesmen, mm -hmm. the decisions that they made in terms of their marriages because of that, right, right, and what their lives were like as mothers because of that. Um, it's all very interesting fodder for historical fiction. So, One more so yes, yes. Because I'm like, how do you choose what you're going to write about? Uh, I, I choose very purposefully. Yeah, and uh, part of the choosing has to do with what I know people can connect to thematically gotcha. because of that. So I, I, I sort, of, sort of intuited with American Daughters, and I think maybe in the wake of George Floyd and everything, this whole aspect of what it, it, it's always it's been a theme I've, I've always had an interest in in terms of the possibilities of interracial friendship. Mm -hmm. what, what happens in a space when white supremacy as it comes in to sit down, right. how it gets chased away, and, and how does that form uh, an important part of what friendship is. I've long had an interest in that. And part of the interest that I've long had in it is that I noticed that Black women didn't write about it. It's always the sort of that white women, were, white women writers were writing about it, but not Black women writers. Oh, yeah, there's this, what's the book? I can't remember whose book it is. Is it Denny? Denny, she, yeah. Is, yes, that she's co-writing with Eliza about Ella Fitzgerald. Yes. Uh-huh, and Marilyn Monroe. And then The First Ladies, which also just got released about the friendship between Eleanor Roosevelt yes. and Mary McLeod Bethune. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on with the Roosevelt family? <laughs> yeah, what's going yeah. on here? Like, and I was like, oh, that's very interesting. So I'm just yeah. like, there know. are several Eleanor references, but Alice and Eleanor didn't get along for a long period of time. So, uh, and Alice was, she's a caddy heifer. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. I'm, I love a messy thing too. She was very messy. The famous uh, saying that she had embroidered on a pillow, if you don't have something nice to say about it, someone come sit by me. Yeah. And they photographed her with the pillow. She openly admitted to that was, yeah, I love being messy. So, or, you know, all of the other stories about her as first daughter where Theodore Roosevelt said, I can either run the country or I can control Alice, but I cannot do both. (laughs) Oh, Alice. So yeah, both but see both of these men, one white, one black, talking about these daughters. Yeah, I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. So. Look, if you need an art reader, okay, absolutely. I'm always offering up. Like, <laughs> um, I can send you my address. I'm here for. Okay. Just, All right, I will do. Just let me know. Look. Yeah, and, and I'm in the proposal stages on the next historical thing. So I'm not going to say um, in terms of that. I was going to say that there have been previous historical fiction about this person. It's because she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to write about this Black woman. They can't tell our stories. We can tell their stories all day and, and tomorrow. Okay, this is off the and record I feel- again. Look, okay. I won't even put this okay. in. Okay, if you I cut it out. Okay, if you yes. cut it out. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that exclusive with us. As promised, your secret is safe with your unlicensed therapist, Ella Sean. Now let's get back to your current work in progress. This is yeah. why I had no fear about um, uh, American Daughters, because I know Alice. That's You've easy. met Alice's, haven't you? <laughs> right. That is easy to do. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully, knock on wood, we'll see. Hopefully, you'll like it. Knocking on wood. I've been working on all summer, so. (laughs) Really, hope comes from a place of lack. What we're saying is, man, I can't wait to read this freaking book. Yes. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm serious. This is going to be great. I'm claiming it. Yeah, it needs to be done. Yeah, I'll think. (laughs) Seriously, you truly are inspirational. And, I mean, thank you. Thank I knew you. I was looking forward to this for a reason. I didn't know what. <laughs> I'm serious. I was like, I don't know why I'm so like. At first, I thought it was just your name because I'm thinking mm-hmm. it's the best freaking name ever. But then well, I was like, we had so long to think for that. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you were awesome. So thank you. Thank you. It was good to meet you. Thank you. You too. Thank you Thank you for joining me for this session of Black Writer Therapy. Be sure to follow and leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And keep the conversations going on Instagram using our hashtag Black Writer Therapy. I'm your host and unlicensed therapist, Alishan, reminding you to be kindest to yourself first, always, and in all ways. See you guys next week. Bye.